Chase Waters, 36 seconds into the overtime. Right. Oh, let's go. Tristan Robbins bangs away at it a second time. Close it behind for Taylor. It's in the net. Blades Uncut. All right, we are back with episode 47 of Blades Happy Uncut. New Year. It's been that long. Yeah. 2022, our debut episode of a new year less. It is. Another milestone. Another we milestone. We finally have an episode. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. It says on here, first episode in over a month, don't start with Yeah, me. because so I I'm just... I'm not starting okay, with you. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm being nice to you. I mean, I did put it on the on the rundown. For sure. It's been a while. Yes. Needless to say. Mm -hmm. And I know our listeners of Blades Uncut have been waiting anxiously day after day, checking Twitter, checking Facebook, Instagram by the hour to see when we're going to have our next episode. So for all of them who are doing exactly that, because I know there's a ton of them, I apologize. Yes. (laughs) We we, we could put this down to the latest COVID-19, Omicron situation. Well, you know, I'm not one to come up with excuses here, but there were a couple of hurdles that we had to jump over. It was obviously a very busy week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Four games and five nights, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, Correct. a lot of preparation with Teddy Bear Toss coming, which was also very successful. So a big shout out to any fan who came out and supported our Teddy Bear Toss on the 18th, as well as the Rush Teddy Bear Toss the previous week, and that was also very successful. But yeah, very busy time of year as the holidays always get to be and then all of a sudden you know you get a week off and before poof you know you blink and the week is done and then you got another four games and six nights Mm -hmm. and right around that same time is when covid decided to sweep its way through a couple of dressing rooms in the western hockey league and cause all sorts of havoc and postponements and reschedulings and lockdowns to a certain extent it's it's been a bit of a chaotic roller coaster over the last over the last month or so. It has been. And so out of it all, there are two postponements. The Blades did not play last weekend, Friday at home against Regina, Saturday in Regina. Those two games have yet to be rescheduled. Don't know when that's going to happen. So keep it tuned in to either the radio or to the Blades website. They'll let you know when those games are going to be rescheduled. In the meantime, it's back to being full steam ahead Next game's coming up this weekend, Friday in Swift Current, and then the next night, Saturday, at home to the Broncos. So looking forward to those. Les, I'm just going to get this on your radar now, and I know that you probably already know it, but uh, Saturday night is Western night. I do know that. Are you going to be dolled up? Uh, in my suit, like I normally am. Yes, I, I don't. <laughs> You're do not anything wearing special. anything. What? The only less. thing I don't have any I was Western stuff. Get a picture through on a, social. I'm not a Western guy. Oh, I'm sure I'm we not. could find a couple shirts for you. No. Panky? No. Hey? No. Maybe no. not. No, I don't even think Panky has Western stuff. <laughs> oh, he does. Oh, okay. He does. All right. All right well. Hey, well, on the topic of Panky, I got to give a big round of applause to him for helping line up our Zoom interview from nine time zones away. Not just lining it up, but the technical aspect of getting it put together in, because the last time we did a Zoom uh, call was with Darren Dietz, if I'm not mistaken, and it was at the old studios downtown. This is the first time we're doing it out here, and it required a little bit of uh, technical finagling, even right up to the time we actually did the bit with Darren between Panky and our uh, engineer. I'll give a shout-out to Curtis Krochuk, who does that. And uh, between the two of them, they were able to make sure that we were set 
and ready to go. Yep. So a big thank you to those two, especially Panky. I can't even begin to, to explain just the technological Don't. advancements. Don't. You know, you know, I, I say it every your, episode less. It would make your head spin. I know. I, I can't. It's just a, a maze of wire. Yep. Not really. There's a keyboard and a couple of computer monitors involved, but I know there's a lot going on over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, big thanks to Panky. And yeah, we had a tremendous conversation with Darren, his second time coming on the Blades Uncut podcast, and he's gone through a whirlwind of change in <laughs> his own world as well. Yes. He's recently traded from Kazakhstan, where he was captain for Boris Astana. Now he's with CKSA. CSKA. CSKA. Essentially, I'm a little dyslexic sometimes. Essentially, it's the Russian Red Army team. Yeah. Which is one of the grandest, well, not one of, the grandest team in Russian hockey history. Yeah. It is the starting point for their national teams. All those great teams back in the old Soviet Union days, uh, that was the Red Army team. That basically formed the teams. And when you think back to 1972 in the Summit Series against the National Hockey League in Canada, uh, Vladislav Tretyak and Anatoly, and Anatoly Fiersov and all the greats of mm-hmm. Russian hockey. Uh, Tarasov, the coach from many, many years ago, uh, the, fa- the grandfather of, of hockey in Russia, all came through the Red Army system in, in Russia, and uh, it's just phenomenal. And the fact that he's part of that, he'll learn a lot more about the, the history of that team as he plays a little bit longer. He's only played yeah. eight games for them. So. Yeah. He's got a little ways to go before uh, he can figure out everything that goes on with that organization. Well, and it's amazing to hear his perspective of uh, some of the changes to his role and just to exactly how that organization operates compared to his former uh, team uh, in Kazakhstan. Just very, very detailed, attention-oriented, and uh, all the best to Darren because yes. it sounds like he's really happy with where he's at right now. And he's uh, he's obviously found a lot of success uh, playing in the KHL, and he'll be able to take that success and apply it to his new organization uh, in Moscow. So we'll hear from Darren here momentarily. we got a lot more left to recap. Less NHL Central Scouting midterm mm. ranks are out and Four members of the Blades have cracked the list. Yes. Brandon Lazowski is 87th. I'm going to go off of memory now yep. on these. Uh, Igor Sidorov is 112th. Uh, Kyron Gronick just acquired from Prince George. I believe he's 131st. And Charlie Wright is 140th. Those are the four Blades, three forwards, and then the defenseman Wright, all part of the latest North American skaters rankings from Central Scouting. Central Scouting put them all out for Europeans, skaters, goaltenders, North American skaters, yeah. goaltenders, but four blades on the North American skaters group. Yes, and a big congratulations to those four. I spoke with Charlie just before I came out here, and uh, we were chatting a little bit about Girls Rock Night, which is coming out, which is coming up next weekend. And uh, I mentioned to him that uh, he had been listed as 140th in North American skaters on NHL Central Scouting, and he was, wow, okay, let's go. And he's got uh, some. You know, some real high expectations for what he wants to do for the rest of the season, as does Lazowski, Sidorov, and Gronik. Uh, Lazowski, of course, has 19 goals on the season. Mm-hmm. That is the second most among draft-eligible players in the WHLs, and he's found the net countless times quite recently. Obviously, we haven't been playing a whole lot lately, just with some of the shutdowns and COVID protocols that are in place, but of course, he had a hat-trick after Christmas, yep. had a hat-trick before Christmas. He's now tied with Kyle Krinkovic for the most goals on the team, so it's no wonder to see uh, Lizowski up to 87th. Sidorov, meanwhile, of course, helping Team Belarus capture a gold medal in the World Junior Division 1A Championship, so yep. if 
everything goes according to plan, Sidorov will be joining Team Belarus at the top-tier World Juniors next December and January. And then, of course, like you already mentioned too, Les Gronick acquired quite recently, just in the last couple of a couple of weeks and he's already uh, left a lasting impression it looks like he's uh, he's blending into the mold of what Brendan Sawney and the rest of the coaching staff is preaching. Well and it's not just Kyron Gronick who's been acquired recently but let's also mention the fact that on that same day that part of that three-way deal that the Blades were able to put together with Medicine Hat and Prince George Gronick came coming from the Cougars and defenseman Ryan Nolan from Medicine Hat and then just before New Year's uh, Noah Boyko acquired from yep. the Lethbridge Hurricanes, a 19-year-old veteran forward. So some changes to the Blades roster. If you you know have been in a cave or brought down with COVID, hopefully not. But if you have and aren't aware that the Blades have had some tweaks made to their roster and are yep. going to look a little different for the second half of the season. Just trying to fine-tune a few areas before yep. the playoff push. Right. Right? Correct. There's a lot of hockey left to play and a lot of opportunity for these guys. And it seems like Kyron Gronick, Ryan Nolan, Noah Boyko, all of whom have slotted themselves in the lineup in very strong roles. So it'll be very interesting to see how they can adjust accordingly over the next few weeks and potentially help this Blades team make a long, successful playoff push. Indeed. Episode 47 of Blades Uncut. It is brought to you by Original 16. Thank you to them. They are wonderful. They have that unsung brew, uh, Original 16. Yeah, it's and good stuff. And let's, let's also mention Save On Foods, bringing you the uh, Blades Uncut. Let Save On Foods do the shopping for you. Shop online today at saveonfoods.com. You know, I'm kind of curious, Les. Obviously, you've been around the league for a long time, 27 and a half years. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a three-team trade such as that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. There, there, have been, there have been three team trades in the it's past. It's not often, though. No, no. And, and Colin, Colin Priestner touched on that uh, in conversation with him on the broadcast the one night we had him on after that was done, is that you know, a lot of times you think about it and you think to yourself that maybe that could work, but it requires three different people, three different yeah. GMs and or their staffs to you know kind of agree that you do this sort of thing. It's it's one thing to go one on one, yeah, and make a and make a trade. A lot it's, of disagreements there, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, but when you get to the three teams, then everybody has to be on the same page and, and yeah. feeling like they're you know getting something good out of the deal, and that's not easy to do. So the fact that this was able to happen, uh, kudos to the Blades, the Cougars, and the Tigers for making it happen. Yeah, it's um, it's exciting for us, especially from an organization, to see a few changes and, uh, you know, just hopefully, ultimately, the goal uh, for management is to help this team become a better hockey team. Mm-hmm. And I'm very sure that's exactly what they've done over the last few weeks. Right. Okay, we've got a lot to get through, Les, so why don't we dip our toes into the trivia question from over a month ago? Yes. <laughs> it's been a while, and we do have a winner, a long-awaited winner, might I add. And uh, if you remember correctly, Les, we had Logan Fladell come on. We sure did. i got to get in touch with Logan, too. we got Gold Tinder Appreciation Night coming up on Saturday. He's supposed to send me a video. i got to poke him in the kidney about that. But anyways, uh. back to... The task at hand, the trivia question. Now, we briefly touched on Logan's first game against his former team after he was dealt to the Saskatoon Blades. Of course, he came from Seattle. What was the final score in his first game against the Thunderbirds after he was sent north of the border? And it was a 4-3 Seattle victory over the Blades at 
Fastel Center. That's right, and a rare loss for Fladell in his early tenure with Saskatoon. He was so sharp early was. on. Yep. So sharp. Yep. So we had a bunch of submissions, accurate submissions, correct submissions, and by complete random selection, Cameron Lowen is the winner of a $20 nice. gift card to the Frozen Pond. It'll come in the form of an electronic co code, Cameron. I'll email that out your way here in the next couple of days or so, and can uh, give yourself a, a late Christmas present with that extra 20 bucks to the Frozen Pond. So thanks for playing along. We'll have a new trivia question coming up after our chat with Darren Dietz. Back by popular demand on the Blades Uncut podcast. Uh, I don't know if that's the case or not. As far as I'm concerned, he's back by popular Absolutely. demand. We're talking to, and, and we're going a long ways to do this and via the Zoom uh, method of doing things, not by phone, by Zoom, out in Moscow, Russia, former Blades defenseman Darren Dietz recently traded from Baris Astana to Moscow, Cheska Moscow, I guess. CSKA? Is that correct? CSKA. Yeah, that's correct. All right. Uh, you're the former captain for Baris Astana. Of course, people who don't remember, you played four seasons with the Blades, drafted first round by Montreal. You've played in the IIHF World Championships. You're a world champion, in fact, in Division 1A. But Darren Dietz, you are now in Moscow and a, a Continental Hockey League situation <laughs> that we just found out today, this being Wednesday, the podcast comes out Thursday, but you're just now been told that you're pausing your operations with CSKA Moscow. What's going on? Yeah, you bet. It seems uh, like a familiar term everywhere around the world uh, right now with uh, the current situation, but uh, we got news that we'll be on pause here for the next week or so um, before it was scheduled to be the Olympic pause for the players not competing. And of course, um, you know, the Olympics for the players competing in that tournament. So yeah, a little bit of uh, unease right now and not unease, I should say uh, uncertainty on uh, what the future holds as far as uh, when games will be playing again. Well, you know, and that uncertainty is something we're kind of dealing with here in Saskatoon. It's very much a case by case, day by day type scenario. I'm kind of curious, Darren, how you found out about the pause. Ah, well, you know, just reading the news, kind of like <laughs> everyone else, um, the way decisions have been made, uh, the league is trying their best uh, going by a case-by-case -case situation where uh, a couple days ago that we had five or six teams uh, report uh, a lot of positive tests. And uh, the plan was to go ahead with, um, you know, who can play and who is able to complete the schedule. Um, and that just means going forward through the next week before the scheduled pause anyway. Um, however, uh, in news today, it seems like uh, a few more teams have more positive tests and uh, the decision was made to give us a start to pause a little early. Now, I know, obviously, like we've already mentioned, you've gone through a lot of changes just over the last couple of weeks, couple of months. All of a sudden now you're out in Moscow. You're trying to establish a new normal after being traded last month. How has the transition gone as a whole, Darren? You know what? The transition's been fantastic. Uh, for me, a lot of credit. Uh, goes to the guys uh, in, in the locker room here in CSKA. They've done a great job of uh, bringing me in, making me feel a part of the group, part of the team right away. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, otherwise, for me, Moscow is not, uh, not necessarily a new city to me playing in the league. Now this is my fifth season. So we spend yeah. um, quite, a few, quite a few days and, uh, and nights in Moscow. So um, getting to come to the city and, and live in the city is, uh, you know, there's, there's a difference when you visit and when you live. So I'm adjusting to those as well. Um, otherwise, everything's been fantastic. Um, come to realize right away 
um, the level of professionalism here uh, at CSKA has been probably a second to none as far as the KHL goes and could definitely uh, rival I would say at the level of the NHL. So I'm ex, you know, super pleased to be here. Well, I know we were joking at the beginning before we hit the record button, you know, you don't want the Russian embassy, you know, hacking into the phone call that we've got going on right now. We've already got enough of a technological setup going on from Panky here, but maybe just elaborate a little bit more on what kind of living conditions it's like out in Moscow. And by no means am I trying to allude that it's, you know, that they're poor living conditions. I know they're taking very good care of you out there, but what is it? like overall just living in moscow well uh, one thing I, I have to mention is you have to remember this this is a massive city of 16 million people wow now yep. just to try to put that into context um, the first thing that jumps out at me is the traffic now <laughs> we're talking about traffic that i don't think anyone in canada can has experienced i mean we, we've heard of traffic in the gta the toronto area you got to mm-hmm. think of that times four or five <laughs> um, maybe the only city i can think of that would rival it is new york um, so I, I live actually right in the center uh, of the city, which we just chose to be closer. We're going to live like tourists uh, for this little bit of, of time. Um, so we chose to live close to the center. It's about 18 kilometers from the rink. So think um, if you could hop on the, the highway, a uh, circle drive just uh, out to Sastel Center. Um, but it's more like a two hour drive. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's absolutely crazy. Um, fortunate for me, I live right near a subway station. So I take the subway every day. I have about a 200 meter walk. I hop on the subway and it's four stations and a 10 minute walk. So I, I've spent about 10 minutes on the subway and then about another 10 to 12 walking, depending on my tempo. And uh, that's how I get to and from the rink. That same drive can range anywhere between an hour and a half and two hours on a daily basis. Oh it's just so you- absolutely mind blowing. <laughs> so you've answered my question as to whether you drive or not. You don't, and I can understand why. Uh, you also said we. Who is we in your living situation? Yes. So um, updating with me, I I met uh, my girlfriend in Kazakhstan in my time there, and uh, her and I live together. She's moved with me and, and supported me through this whole transition, and uh, I'm really lucky to have her uh, with me and in general supporting me um, through this whole massive transition in my life. So uh, with her, um, I owe her a lot of thanks and a lot of credit as well. Is it similar in terms of being able to speak language from Kazakhstan to Moscow and to centralized Russia, so to speak? Yeah, of course. So um, an update on the on the language, of course, for her, Russian is her native language. Mm-hmm. Um, we, between each other, we speak Russian during the week and uh, English on the weekends. It's kind of our uh, fun way to you know, keep practicing and, and stay up to date on, on, on both languages practice for me and for her. Um, but I would say we're both um, you know, completely bilingual. So the transition as far as a language um, standpoint uh, really is. Who's better, your, your Russian or her English? Uh, we argue about this all the time. But I, I have to say uh, her, her English is, uh, is better than mine for sure. Okay. She's got right. uh, more, more years of experience under her belt than I do. So she can, if we start to argue, she can battle. She can win the battle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Darren, I, you know, I, I, I'm super curious just to know how the conversation went between you and her when you said you were getting traded to Moscow. <laughs> well, it was something that wasn't that sudden. I guess uh, right around December, uh, that's a month before the trade deadline, um, Barry's the, the team. We were kind of having an underwhelming year, I would say, um, as, a, as a group. 
um, hovering around that 10th, 8th um, spot in the conference, kind of looking to grab that last playoff spot. And um, with that started some rumors. Um, it was also um, at the end of the season uh, was the last year of my contract. So rumors started to swirl that teams were interested in scooping me up for a, you know, a playoff push or could be an additional piece and that there could be something um, that made sense for Barry's as well as an organization going forward. So rumors started to swirl. Um, of course, as a player, you hear that all the time and you kind of try to keep your head out of that, I guess, and, and just keep playing. Yeah. Uh, and I guess um, things got a little bit um, more serious when I started getting some phone calls from other coaches and managers around the league uh, asking about my situation and, you know, really just trying to get a feel for if I wanted to play on their team. And that's kind of when I realized, okay, this might be just um, more than whispers and rumors that are typical. Something might actually happen. Um, so we had a little bit of time to prepare. How many games have you played with CSKA Moscow and how has your role changed with your new team compared to what it was with Berezistana? So now uh, I've played about eight games. Um, coming right, yeah, we came off, uh, again, a national team break uh, when I made the transition. Um, so actually I had no practice at all with the group, with a lot of the guys, a lot of our team members now, um, they're part of the Russian national team and we're at that break. So um, I had actually went my first four or five days um, without meeting half the team or the coaching staff because they were all with the national team. So that was kind of kind of interesting. Um, but now I've played eight games. I uh, feel, feel good, feel part of the team. As far as roles go, um, because we're, well, there's no other way of saying it, just a stronger team all mm -hmm. around. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a nice way, I've got to reduce my minutes down to what I was playing was about 26, 27 minutes a night um, in berries, which, you know, we play on the finish ice a lot. That, that's a lot of minutes. And it, it became yeah. hard for you start to manage your minutes out there and not really playing at, you know, 100% all the time. You're trying to pick and choose your spots. Uh, so for me now, I've been hovering in that 19 to 20 minute mark, which is much more comfortable. Um, I'm still relied on to, to play a role on power play. That's been something that, um, you know, it's part of part of my job description now and uh, and actually a little less minutes on the PK. So that's something that, you know, <laughs> I, I take pride in playing on the PK. But if you don't have to log up extra minutes there, um, it's not something I'm against. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, Darren, when a, a captain is traded to a, a different team in any league, really, it doesn't matter if it's the WHL, the NHL, the KHL, it's a pretty big deal. So try to put into context just – how how monumental of a story this was in the KHL when you were traded to CSKA? Ah, uh, you know what it it um, it created a little bit of a splash, I would say, especially uh, in Astana. Um, I spent five um, unbelievable years there, really, um, and uh, had a lot of great memories. And you you develop a relationship with the fan base as well, right? Mm -hmm. They become um, part of you and part of your family, and they treat you the same. Um, so even the last couple of years um, it's been a special place for me as far as um, you, you know, go down the street, you get recognized, you're having restaurants, you're eating at restaurants and you get recognized. People are approaching and autographs. And, you know, so I felt like I really was a part of that community there. Yeah. So um, it, it was a big change and it. There was a little bit of a splash um, made. Um, again, I try and stay off the social media as a whole and off, um, you know, the news waves as well. But, um, you know, uh, I hope I was remembered there for the right reasons and that uh, that it was a positive 
um, separation, I guess we can call it a positive trick for both uh, both sides at this point. Yeah. yeah. Darren, have you played against Barris Astana yet, or do you have that date, if there is a date, circled, ready to go back and, and face that situation? No, actually, um, we played both uh, both our games against, we only played each other twice, and we had played um, each other earlier in the year, those two times. Um, maybe that had something to do uh, with uh, the way the trade was organized as well. Um, the only possible way we could meet would be in the cup final. You know, let's dive into the roster a little bit with CSKA there, Darren. You know, did you know any players for that team when you were traded to Moscow? Um, personally, not a lot of them. Um, yeah. I've obviously, playing in the league now five years, I, I had known and played against a lot of them and known them as competitors, but not personally. Um, a couple quick uh, names that come off the top of the head would be Klaus Dalbuk. Um, who had uh, a career in the NHL as well? Maybe, maybe a familiar name in Keller. Uh, where was he in Carolina and uh, Chicago organizations, um, as well as Mikhail Grigorenko. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I believe, played his junior in Quebec, yes. I believe, and mm. then uh, went on to play in the NHL as well. And um, oh, who else can I name off? Now I'm having a hard time pulling names, but um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of real high quality players that. Um, you know, I've been around the league here as well as uh, spent stints in North America as well. So um, the standard here is very high. The expectation is to win. And um, that's something that's been really cool to be a part of, mm-hmm. uh, where there's an expectation every single game to win. And uh, you feel that in the dressing room. You feel that everywhere, actually, from the fan base. It's just a, it's a, a culture thing, right? So it's really cool uh, to be a part of that. It's something that um, you get to learn in the KHL. It is one league. However, it's not necessarily um, an equal league. Um, there's teams that operate with, you know, two and three times the budgets, maybe even more, have other clubs. And there there is a, a differential there. So, um, and that shows especially um, – later in the season or into the playoffs when depth is really required. So now to be a part of a club, um, you know, that has all resources, let's say, uh, behind them, it, it's uh, it's fun to be on that side of the, uh, the bridge. <laughs> well, it, it is, but as you mentioned, the pressure is definitely there. For as long as I can remember, uh, CSKA has been really the backbone of the Russian national team. A lot of the players, a lot of the administration, the coaching staff, whatever the case may be, for Russia's team going playing internationally has come from out of the organization you now are a member of. That's uh, that's absolutely correct. Um, when we think of Russian hockey, when we think of the Russian national team, um, it's CSKA, the Red yeah, Army team, exactly. Right, and that uh, that's that goes back seventy five years. I think they just celebrated their seventy fifth year yeah. hmm. uh, anniversary. You know, and that that speaks that speaks a lot. A lot of the greats, the legends, they come from this organization, and they now actually hold uh, management positions. Uh, somewhere in the organization as well. So with that, absolutely, there's some um, very high expectations and there, there's pressure uh, to perform. Um, I try not to look at it as pressure. It's just opportunity. Yeah. And uh, opportunity to be, you know, part of something special. Love it. Well, let's stay on the beat of international play here, Darren. Obviously, you found success playing for Team Kazakhstan at the World Championships, IIHF, uh, the Division 1A Championships, but obviously there's another little bit of an international tournament coming up in a couple of weeks, and there's a couple of fans around here who are 
A little curious to know what your plan is now that the NHL is pulled out. Could that potentially be an opportunity for you to play for Team Canada at the Olympics next month? So unfortunately, no, that it's uh, not a possibility. Mm. When I accepted uh, sport uh, citizenship with Kazakhstan, I forfeited uh, my ability uh, to play for Team Canada. Um, It was a decision that um, I had made, well, about three years ago. Three years was the first time that I played for Kazakhstan. Um, And I made that decision just by really never, ever getting a chance or a crack from Hockey Canada ever in my life ever in my career. And um, this provided me an opportunity and avenue to play um, in these world-class tournaments and and represent uh, Kazakhstan. So it was something I'm really happy and grateful to accept. Um, You know, I don't ever go back and say, shoulda, coulda, woulda, because you never know how situations would have played out. Maybe um, at this point um, I could be in the mix or could have been in the mix. But um, now my goal is to to get to the Olympics with Kazakhstan, to have yeah. us qualify and, and have us compete. Well, and it's amazing just to see the opportunity that you've been given through Kazakhstan and just how much praise you've also received from the National Development Program that they have. You know, How have you seen it grow over the last three years since you really became ingrained as a part of that, of the entire program? What, what I think has been really interesting is uh, there's a good group of young guys, well, well I guess... I'm still calling myself young. I can do that still. <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, we, uh, when I joined the program, um, I was 24. And, and, well, and that's that's fairly young in hockey age. And we had a large group of us that are all the same age. And um, what we were able to do was kind of create a little bit of a culture that, hey, we have a chance. If we play as a group, if we play together, we can compete. Um, and in those tournaments, they're short tournaments. Often one game can you know be the difference. And we're not saying that, for example, we can beat Canada nine out of 10 times. We only have to do it once. Mm-hmm. And with that belief, with that um, culture that we've kind of created, it, it's given us more success and confidence. Um, and that allowed us to win the Division 1A that um, advanced us into the real world championships yeah. uh, in which we competed in last season. And uh, we were able to, there was no relegation because of the, um, the COVID, I guess they didn't, um, they didn't have a relegation. So there was no risk of relegation. However, uh, we positioned ourselves well enough. We actually improved our world ranking and remained in the tournament. And uh, this year, again, if all knock on wood, if everything goes as planned, uh, we're set to compete uh, in the elite division again. So with that confidence that we showed from the last, we're looking to build momentum uh, every year where, in years past, uh, before I became a part of the national team program, we often would see they would win the D1A group to lift up into the elite just to be knocked back down. And that cycle returning where, right. you know, now with this um, uh, era of players, we'll call it, we want to try to create that culture that we can compete year after year and remain in that elite division. Let's talk a little bit about the celebration after you won that gold medal for the Division 1A Championships. What was that like? You know what? It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's cool. We laughed. We, we called ourselves world champions. And yeah, we were just having fun with it because obviously knowing that um, that you needed to win that tournament to move up to the elite. Mm-hmm. But we set a goal for ourselves and we had the expectation of doing so. We knew we were capable of it. And um, anytime you can go through and execute and completed goal it's a great feeling so you know we're proud of that 
we did feel like we were favorites in doing so. But nonetheless, it was uh, it was a job well done. Did you and uh, your buddy Curtis Volk get up to anything? And he's kind of an after party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a little bit of uh, an after party there um, in Nur Sultan before we all went our separate ways, and uh, or we went back home um, for the for the summertime of the off season. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, your time here in Saskatoon and Canada. We're not going to spend a lot of time with it because there's just some. Uh, fan submitted questions that we want to get to as well. But you mentioned earlier on about at Barisistana playing anywhere from 26 to 27 minutes a night. That's not foreign to you, Darren. I mean, I remember you playing for the Blades and certainly a couple of seasons, your last two in Saskatoon, that was a regularity, you playing 26, 27 minutes a night, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I like to say. <laughs> but I was a lot younger then. Come on. Things, things were different then. I <laughs> uh, no, you know what? Um, yeah. Playing a lot of minutes is always something that, um, well, you want to do. You want to take pride in, in doing that and being on the ice and having a chance to impact the game. Um, of course, junior hockey is just different than the pro game. Mm. Um, you do see defensemen long big, big minutes in the NHL as well. But again, a little bit of a different um, game than, and a little bit of a different philosophy in uh, what we generally see over here. Um, whether that's just Russian mentality and how they try to um, displace ice time amongst the team. And the I believe the objective of that is longevity. It's to keep guys fresh, to play high tempo with their schedule now, playing yeah. uh, every other day all year long other than uh, the break. So it's really quite hard on, on a guy to play that kind of minutes night in, night out. And um, even as a player, you don't really feel it until – your mid-season point and you start to just burn out mm -hmm. so um having we call it a luxury it's a luxury when you play in a team that has the depth where your minutes can be reduced and you can still win and um, have that same result in the course of your time playing in the khl is there ever anything that happens on the ice or off the ice you maybe come up against an opponent from back in your time in the western hockey league that says to you oh geez I remember back when, when I played in Saskatoon. <laughs> Do you ever have those moments at all? Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, you know what? There was a time I actually played against uh, Stefan Elliott. Mm. Um, all right. A couple times, actually, twice. We, we met on two different occasions. Once um, he was with Akbar's Kazan. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, we, we played against him briefly. And then he was in Dynamo Minsk. He was playing in Minsk, and we crossed paths one time for uh, just a brief hello, but, um, you know, uh, that, that was interesting. It's just how small the world is, right, where you end up, um, you know, literally across the world and uh, playing with a guy that – or playing against a guy that you had played with. Yeah. Um, Josh Nichols as well. I, I can't believe I forgot about Josh. Yeah, <laughs> Josh um, this year currently plays for Kunlun Red Star, um, so we played against him a couple times this year. So uh, we always get a quick hello in as well and to see how he's doing and – uh, Kun Loon as well has been mm -hmm. uh, playing out of Moscow this year, calling um, just a, a, a city called Matishi, just outside of Moscow. Actually, um, that's where they call home uh, for their home games during the pandemic as well. So um, I'm sure uh, he's in and around the city as well. 
It's funny cool. you, you mentioned Josh Nichols. You've got a fan submitted question coming up here. So if you weren't going to me- mention him, we were going to mention him sooner <laughs> or later. In this. We'll hold off on that for another five minutes or so. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious, and this is kind of me going you know, a little bit out to left field. Have you come across a guy by the name Max Gerlach out there at all, Darren? Of course, I know the name. I, I know yeah. the name through the blade absolutely right away. Uh, I have not crossed paths with him yet. Yeah, I know we've been trying to yeah. get him on the podcast here and there, so I was thinking maybe you got the ins on Max, but we'll save that yeah. for another day. Oh, That's I, all good. I haven't, I haven't crossed paths with him yet. Um, can you refresh my memory? Where, where's he playing at? He's, well, you know what? This is going to take a little bit of a Google search on my account. I think he's been playing in Sweden for the last two seasons. He's not out of the, uh, he's not playing in the KHL from what I understand. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so well, that's, that's all right. I, he's a, he's a character know. though. He is quite the Need, character. Yeah. Needless yeah. to say, he's a character. Yeah. <laughs> if, now I want to say that at least at one of the development camps, we had crossed paths in Saskatoon just because the, the name's so familiar. I'd have to look at the rosters if we overlapped or if he mm-hmm. played me, no, even a little bit, maybe on my last year, but I definitely remember him. Um, being a quiet, shy kid um, in the training, <laughs> but I'm sure a lot changed. As, <laughs> a lot changed, uh, trust as me. As he gained experience, right, and became a leader of the team. Well, uh, yeah, I'm just looking on elite prospects now. So his he was traded to Saskatoon midway through the 17-18 season. Yeah. So there wouldn't have been any crossover no. there. But I know if you come across a guy by the name of Max Gerlach, you don't forget him. He's that kind of a character. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was just that following up. I followed the Blades pretty closely for a couple of years, even after I left. And sometimes even when you're watching interviews, you feel like you get to know the guys as well and can picture them in the room. So Yeah. Are you still fairly tapped into, you know, how the Blades are doing nowadays, Darren? You know what? I check the standings every now and then, um, but I, I got to admit, especially this year, I haven't been as active as following as, as closely as I, I generally like to. Now it gets harder and harder as you fall out of touch with the players and even um, the coaching staff. And, you know, a, a lot of turnover, you don't stay as, uh, as um, on it as, as I'd like to, for sure, I have to admit. Well, you know, if you're ever around Saskatoon in the off season, maybe we got a playoff run coming up. I know you're going to be pretty busy out there, hopefully in a long playoff run with Moscow. But who knows if there's ever the opportunity where you can come out to a Blades game, even if it is in uh-huh. Medicine Hat. That'd be fantastic. And you know what we've been talking about, too, is having some sort of alumni get-together, um, turn- golf tournament maybe. I don't know. Some sort of something would be just uh, be really cool to catch up with some of the guys. I know. I got to get working on that. Travis, one of our corporate guys, we've been talking about that. He's fairly in tune with the golf scene too. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you'll get some kind of an invite or an update to how that golf tournament's going. I know we obviously haven't said anything publicly about it, but it's definitely in the works. Need some help with that is what you're saying? Maybe a little bit of help. Well, come on. Goodness gracious. I'm all over that. Come on. Yeah, that'd be something pretty cool. And then I just got to find a work my way back. Um, I actually haven't been back to Canada now for, well, since the pandemic. Really, it's just been crazy and difficult to get back and yeah. different vaccines and, well, you know, the whole nine yards, don't so have to get into that. Well, yeah, it seems there's a new restriction, you know, every time you turn on the news there's something new that you got to do or something that's offered, so. Yes, we've yeah. all had yeah. enough of it. There's no I two know. ways yeah. about it. It's <laughs> very true. Okay, well, let's switch gears here, Darren. Let's uh, get into these fan submitted questions. Yes, we've got, right. one, we've got one coming up from Josh Nichols here in a, in a second, but first, Rhett Kemper, does that name ring a bell at all? Rhett Kemper. 
potentially a relative of Darcy Camper. Uh, that Darcy was... Camper. Okay, that would be th- that was the connection I was making. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, just um, I don't know Darcy personally either, but uh, right. just the name. We're freewheeling here, and this I was thinking might be an inside joke of some kind. Rhett is wondering what car your mom drives. <laughs> hmm. Um, what is she driving these days? <laughs> So this isn't some kind of an inside joke, then, is what you're saying? No, I don't think so. I'm not getting the joke, so I don't know if they want an honest answer or not. Maybe they wonder if she's also driving race cars or not, that sort of a thing. Yeah, maybe that's where they're getting. I don't think so. No Uh, no race cars for mom. I didn't think so. Although I did hear, so what could be something, maybe, um, there could be something involved with the police in Medicine Hat. I know my mom was driving my car for a little while while hers was in the shop, and she did get pulled over. I did get word of that. Maybe there's where the connection comes into play. Could be. I don't know. If so, small world there to find out. (laughs) I'll have to do a Google search on this Red Camper, and all of a sudden, Constable Red Camper. Now we know exactly where it's coming into play. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Your pal Nikki, he asks, favorite dinner spot in Moscow? Oh, okay. So... He must be looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he must be looking. I'm going to have to say, at this point, the butler, it's mm. called. Yeah. The butler. What do they butler. serve? Where is, where is it in relation to where you are and maybe in relation to the rink? And then what, what is, what, what's the specialty? <laughs> you know what? It's not too far from where I live, uh, kind of close to the center. And um, it's Italian and Russian cuisine. So okay. they do some Ooh. special Russian dishes, but majority is Italian. Um, nice. We just visited the other day, and it was uh, really, it's really nice, uh, nice, nice interior, really nice place. So uh, we're still, we've only been here a couple weeks, so um, we're slowly um, starting to hit the list off our uh, restaurants and try because that's one thing that Moscow is famous for and, and really has to offer is just tons mm-hmm. and tons of uh, cool. fantastic restaurants. Very nice. When it comes to eating, this is just a question I, I just thought up. I know here in Saskatoon, if you're going to go to a restaurant, you have to provide proof of vaccination as well as your ID. Is it similar out in Moscow? Yes, there is a QR code, uh, QR code uh, entrance that okay. they use. Um, however, I've noticed it really depends on the, on the place, you know, at some places are checking and others really are not. So that sounds familiar yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, let's call it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our last submitted question comes from Ebony Camp. And this is a beauty of a question that we always get whenever we pose, you know, something to do with submitting a question that Ebony is wondering what your best Lorne Mollican story is. Oh, I wish I would have known that one a little bit ahead of time so I could put some really good thought into that and come up with a good one. Well, we've got all day here. It's all good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) One that just comes to mind. I mean, it's going to be hard to pull pull a best. Yeah. But uh, I'll never really forget it. We were were practicing um, after – it was after a series of wins, actually. And we had maybe got a little bit relaxed – started to think that hey we're unbeatable it doesn't matter how we practice and you know that lauren um, was always big on you know our, our habits that we create and practice carry on into games and uh, we were at the old the old arena something was going on in sastel place or at that time credit union and we were just at that old uh, rink across the street across the parking lot yeah, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i forget the name of it last yeah, the, ag- the agri twin 
Niagara twin. That's where we were. Where it was minus, it was it was minus 50. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was minus 50. It's colder in there than it was outside. That's right. Outside warm up. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> we're passing pucks and the pucks are cold and everything's rock hard. Anyway, practice is going terribly. We start the first couple drills and Lorne just launches his stick <laughs> straight into the rafters. <laughs> And it was kind of unexpected. It wasn't like he was hollering and screaming before that, but it was just a spin and like a baseball bat swing straight into the rafters. We all heard it crash and everyone just stopped. And then he went off. <laughs> and if we're going to practice like that, you know, we might as well just get off right now. Anyway, he lined us up on the goal line. Nothing like a couple down and backs to wake us up and get us back into it. And we can as usual, but it was just, uh, you know, one moment that, was really unexpected. He really caught us off guard, but in that moment, it was the perfect reaction and got the response out of us. Mm-hmm. There you go. Darren, this has been an absolute treat having you come back on. I know we're going to have to have you on a third time after you've taken some time to think of a few more Lauren Mullican stories because I know our listeners can't get enough of those. Lauren Mullican stories. Oh. How about how about a Jerome Engels story? I, I think you need to think about that at some point <laughs> in time too. <laughs> Buf. Buf is still kicking around. You know? Oh, yeah. Buf yeah. is still kicking oh. around and helping out. So. So, so this is exactly why we got to organize some sort of uh, alumni golf tournament. Alumni yes. thing, because then, then we all get sitting around, uh, sitting around the table there, and the stories get flown, and everything comes back, and all oh, would just be a heck of a time. Oh yeah, it'll have to happen. <laughs> we'll have to have it happen. Absolutely. Les, you'll be getting a phone call about that. Yep, no problem. I'm in. I'm in. Count me. <laughs> you in. will be too, Darren. Don't worry. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> all uh, right. And if I can, guys, before we sign off, too, I just want to say a quick hello to Hank and Susan. Michael, my billet family, when they're there, if they're listening, if they still follow, um, we do text periodically, but uh, it's been a little bit of time. I just want to let them know that, um, you know, they still play a huge role in my life. And I think about them often. And uh, my time in Saskatoon was um, especially special uh, because of them. So uh, I want to thank them and to all their billet billet families as well. Um, Even 10 years down the road. Uh, you guys all play major roles in uh, the guys' lives, so we want to we want to thank you for that. Just a quick little story about those two people, Hank and Susan Michael. Uh, we're in the CJWW studios recording this, and when I first started at CJWW in 1994, Susan Michael was an employee here. We worked together in this building. Well, wow! Not, well, not, I, not this I, building, I but downtown. But yes, we were co-workers back 20, <laughs> 27, 28 years ago. Wow, I didn't know that. There you How go. Cool yeah. It's a small world sometimes. It is a small yeah. world. Small <laughs> world. Fantastic people, small world. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. All right, Darren, I know it's getting late out there, so we better let you go. Yes. <laughs> Thanks a hey, lot. Hey, guys. Always a pleasure. I mean, we could go on for days, really. We sure <laughs> could, for sure. Yeah. All right. You take care. All Stay right. Stay safe. Take care. All the best, guys. Yep. Thank you. Same to you, Darren. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Phenomenal chat with Darren Dietz. I know I put him on the spot asking that question about Lauren Mollican and some of <laughs> his favorite stories regarding his former head coach. I think it just opens the door for us to have him on again after he's thought a little bit more about some of the fun moments that he used to share with, with Lauren. So, Do you know, I now I'm very intrigued because I had not heard anything previous to this conversation with him about an alumni golf tournament. Now I do remember. Okay. I do remember when there was such a thing as an alumni golf tournament. Well, we did it back in the mid two thousands. A couple of them at the Saskatoon Golf and Country Club. They were very well received. I thought. 
anyway, we had a lot of fun with them. Uh, there used to be old tournaments. Uh, we, I remember one time we went out to uh, north of North Battle for their Koshin. Yeah. Uh, there's the uh, golf course there at the, uh, at the resort. And uh, I remember we did that one year, stayed overnight. That was a long night. I don't remember a lot of it beyond that. Uh, <laughs> but those, those were the sorts of things that we used to do back then. And it'd be nice to be able to do that sort of thing again, because you know how many of these types of podcast editions we could do, we could put in the bag. Yeah, really? You know, right. And, and leave them for down the line. We well, could do all kinds We could do a live podcast recording from the golf tournament. We could, yes. That would hey. be a good idea too. But <laughs> we could put so many of them in the can, it wouldn't even be funny, Mitch, how many we could get done with various people if we were to do this sort I know. of thing. Well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, there has been discussion about it. Nice. No formal plans are okay. in the works well, quite yet, but there's definitely been some discussion. And I'd like to see it happen. Yes, so and would I, I. I know there's a lot of alumni who have also mentioned it, and uh, we've been in touch with a, a few members who've also shown interest. Yep. So the interest is there. It's just organizing it in a timely fashion. All of a sudden, the golf season is going to be fast approaching here in three, four, five months or so. We've got to find ourselves enough time to send out the invites, accommodate travel, or at least line up like some kind of a travel for whoever wants to yep. come out for the tournament and just also come up with a format for it too. I know the fun tournament, the mm-hmm. FUNN tournament, mm-hmm. did a tremendous uh, job of hosting uh, its alumni golf tournament where they had a bunch of NHL, former NHL players and even some current NHL mm-hmm. players come out to the Willows Golf Course last summer where the night before the tournament, they go out, they have a nice dinner, some prizes, and you can theoretically auction off which professional athlete you'd like to play in your group. Right. And it's a tremendous fundraiser. Absolutely. An awesome job. So they did a great job with that. And then the next day, that's when all the golfers come out. And I think they had pretty close to 150 golfers out there. Plus, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the uh, notable athletes in the world. Georges Laroque was there. Yeah. Who else was there? Jeez, were you there? No, I wasn't there. <laughs> you weren't there? Well, I know Steve Hildebrand was there. Oh, of course he was. <laughs> he was there. Uh, yeah, we had, a, and that was just, it was a great time. So if we could orchestrate something similar to that, I think it would be really successful. And we'd also find a lot of interest. Count me in. Okay. All right. You will uh, be uh, on the first yep. email that we send Good. out. Excellent. Don't worry. Excellent. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. So going back to Darren Dietz, mm-hmm. obviously we've got a new trivia question that we have to announce. And right. Darren is the theme of this trivia question. Now, we didn't touch on his brief stint in the National Hockey League with the Montreal mm-hmm. Canadiens. Of course, he was drafted in the fifth round to Montreal in 2011. Now, that all circumnavigates into a well-traveled hockey career that he has established. He, of course, is playing overseas right now. He's played all over North America in the uh, in the American Hockey League at the same time. Now, this includes a brief stint with the Montreal Canadiens. He played 13 games. He scored a goal and added four assists. But what people don't realize is that he also dropped the mitts. He went toe-to-toe in a beauty of a bout on March 31st of 2016. The question is, who did Darren fight? Mm. <laughs> wow. There's a question. Yeah. Because hey? it's maybe the only one that he had in the NHL. I don't know. So you might be able to find that pretty readily as a result when you 
ask Uncle Google, but I'm sure he could probably <laughs> ask Uncle Google and find out pretty quickly. Might be able to find something along Might those lines. Might be able lines. to find something like that. Yeah. I mean, it and is while, and while his only fight. And, while you're, his and, only and fight. while you're looking for that one, check out some of the other ones he was involved with in the Western Hockey League as a member of the Blades. To do that too. Because there were some dandies there that I remember as well during his four seasons. Absolutely. He's not afraid to drop the mitts he by was any means. He's doing it in the KHL. He's looking tough. at hockeyfights.com. Tough guy. Tough hombre, let me tough tell you. Tough hombre. <laughs> yep. Yep, so anyone who can find that answer out, head to saskatoonblades.com. On the interactive tab, click on Blades Uncut, fill out the form. That's one of the several ways that you could submit an answer. You can also email it in at info at saskatoonblades.com or drop us a direct message through Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. That question again is, who did Darren Dietz drop the mitts against? On March 31st, 2016, his only National Hockey League fight. Right. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Good luck to anyone who submits. You could win a $20 gift promo code to the Frozen Pond. Right. What's coming up, Les? Well, we got a home and home against Swift Current coming up. Correct. Friday night in Swift Current, 7 o'clock. We're on the air on CJWW with the broadcast, starting with pregame talk at 6.30. And then rinse and repeat, except different uh, venue the next night, 7 o'clock at Sastel Center. The Blades' uh, first home game in two weeks. Mm -hmm. They played on New Year's Day. They have been having not played because it was supposed to be this university type of schedule, but last weekend's games against Regina were scrubbed due to COVID-19 concerns and the pause. So now, this weekend, the first game's in two weeks, and the first home game in two weeks, is on Saturday against the Broncos as well at 7 o'clock. Yep, that's Western Night as well as Goaltender Appreciation Night. It's going to be a dandy of a night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get some Blades hockey back uh, in Sastel Center. I know it's been it's been a while. Two weeks seems like an eternity. It does seem like an eternity. It's, it's almost like, like going this. through another Christmas break, really. Yeah. So, uh, so we mentioned this is our first episode of 2022. Happy New Year. Yes. New Year's resolutions. Did you make any? Well, you know, I put it on the rundown here and Mm -hmm. I was thinking between the time of me jotting it down on the rundown and me coming here, I would come up with one, Uh which is the wrong, that's the wrong mentality when it comes to New Year's resolution. It should be, um, you know, I haven't really established a New Year's resolution. And I think the reason being is because last year I thought, okay, 2021 was going to be my year. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the year where I got PG of Canada professional certification. I did that. You did. I uh, wanted to start my own business, which I didn't quite do, but I've got some pretty good things going on with the Plus Fours uh, Women's Only Golf Program that has just recently launched. Nice. So for anyone who's interested in that, it's it's a ladies-only golf lessons, creating a safe environment, uh, and offering winter lessons for, for the women here in Saskatoon well, who want to try saw, out something new. I think I saw that on uh, TV one morning. Yeah, we were on Global TV. Global uh, was uh, you know gracious enough to come out and help spread word that we were launching this. So that launched... Just this last Monday, we've also had a, a couple of uh, social events back in December, back in November, just trying to get word out about that. So far, it's been really successful. You can find us on Instagram, plus fours, that's F-O-R-E-S. It's a pun off makes, of golf, Makes sense, yes. Right? Yep, yep. Yep. So plus dot fours, you can find us there and, you know, follow us if you are interested in learning a little bit more. So that was also part of a New Year's resolution I had in 2021. And then I also wanted to create my own podcast. 
which mm. should have been the easiest thing to do because I already do these podcasts. But I wanted to have like a Mitch Bach podcast rather than oh. a Saskatoon Blades theme, Blades oh. Uncut podcast. I love doing these podcast episodes. So I thought, you know what? Why don't I do one that's kind of more golf centric? Mm-hmm. Didn't get around to doing Didn't it. Do so that. maybe right. that could be my New Year's resolution for okay. 2022. All right. Very good. How about you, Les? Uh, probably just to stay safe and healthy. Uh, is probably the biggest one. That's a good uh, one. Because here it is, January. Just mentioning the other day, I was just mentioning to Darren Dietz about uh, starting here at CJWW in 1994. That's a long time ago, and there's a lot of milestone things coming up. Uh, as a result, I'll be broadcasting a milestone number game uh, with the Blades here very soon. Uh, there's a 30th wedding anniversary coming up for my wife and I mm. at the beginning of February. And then I also have a birthday next month, and I'm almost <laughs> afraid to say how old I am because it just makes me shake my head at that. But those are the things. I, I just want to make sure that I'm safe and healthy enough to have these things happen. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness these things are all happening pretty soon. So I should be okay. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Well, you know what? Keep repping those blue uh, Saskatoon Blade sweaters, and that'll definitely help keep you young at heart at the very least. Oh, yeah. Love having you around, Les. I like this one. It is. It's a great sweater. It is. It's a great sweater. It's the one, it's the third jersey from back in the Memorial Cup year, the one that was worn by the Blades when they beat the Halifax Mooseheads for the lone victory for the Blades in that 2013 Memorial Cup at what was then known as Credit Union Center. Well, Sastel Center. Blade City knows that sweater all too yes, well. We absolutely. might just have to reincarnate that one in the future yeah. at some point. In the future. But yes, I do want to wish you an early congratulations of this milestone that's coming up. Mm-hmm. We may or may not have some kind of a special plan in store. I hope not. We'll see. Don't do anything silly. We'll see. That's, uh, well, you know what? That's all I'm going to say. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Good. But uh, yeah, I guess that kind of... Uh, you know, that that wraps around to a couple other theme nights that we have coming up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, next Friday, as we take on the Medicine Hat Tigers, that is Girls Rock Night. Right. We have three esteemed ladies in our community and Western Can- Canadian Canada's community coming out to the game. Of oh. course, Bridget Laquette, mm-hmm. who won a silver medal with Team Canada back in the 2018 Winter Olympics, member of Team Canada's National Development Program. She's also the first... Fem- uh, the first First Nations uh, woman to uh, receive a scouting job in the National Hockey League. She's nice. doing that with the Chicago Blackhawks. So she's got an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Amazing story. And she's going to go into great detail with uh, many minor young girls groups here in the community ahead of the game next Friday. Okay. So Bridget Laquette is coming out. We've also got Keely Shaw, who's mm-hmm. a Paralympic cyclist. Cyclist, yeah. And she's also a medalist too from That's the Paralympic right. Games. So we've got her coming out as well as Emma Ray Dale, who of course is the first female to compete in the Canadian Junior Football League. And not just as a kicker. I mean, there's been females played football before in various different locations in their various yep. different leagues and they've been kickers. no. Emma Ray got into the trenches. She's a linebacker. <laughs> a linebacker. She hits you, yeah. and you know it. You feel it. Yeah. <laughs> She's got some power. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, she comes from a family. I mean that that whole Dale family the, is the Dale a family. Tremendous group of uh, football athletes in the in, in local football circles. Look so. out for the Dale family. Absolutely. So, yeah. It'll be great having her out. She can also share uh, her story and just what it's taken uh, for her to get to where she's at in her career. I know she's also uh, she has a history competing with the Huskies in discus. She's a thrower, so she. 
She's very well-rounded athlete, mm-hmm. very inspirational for any young girl in the community. So we're very thankful to those three individuals for spa- uh, spa- sparing some time. Yep. And coming out next Friday, you can always reach out to us at info at SaskatoonBlades.com if you would like to learn a little bit more about how to get involved and witness the presentations that they have in store. And then, of course, on Saturday is a very big night for us. It's a theme jersey night Mm -hmm. recognizing pride in the city. And we're teaming up with Saskatoon Pride in a jersey that you've never seen before. This is one of a kind, and it's obviously for a very important cause. It Mm -hmm. hits very close to home for a lot of individuals here in Saskatoon, recognizing pride, inclusion, confidence in the community, and making sure that everyone is accepted uh, no matter who you are. So we're very thankful and appreciative of what Saskatoon Pride has done to help us launch this night as well. Next Saturday, it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's against the Winnipeg Ice. That is against the Winnipeg Ice. On the 22nd. That's right. The the number one team in Canada still. That was going to be the milestone night for one less Lazaric. It was, yes. Thanks to the uh, <laughs> thanks to the uh, rescheduled games, yes. That's not happening now. So that's unfortunately not happening now. So it's just being bumped back a couple yeah, of it's games. It's being bumped back a couple of games. A couple of games. But you know what? It'll it'll happen. Oh yeah, it'll and happen. It'll be a great night when it does happen. It will be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we should just about wrap her up. What do you we think, We should. That's, that, that just about does it, don't it, yeah. I think. As does a, it, as don't a, it. As a, as a guy that I know very well from our radio company used to say <laughs> many, many times ago. But, yeah, thanks uh, thanks so much, uh, Mitch. We'll look forward to this. Uh, again, keep in mind that this is Episode 47 of Blades Uncut, presentation of Original 16 and uh, Save on Foods. We'll be back, dare I say, in two weeks. Two weeks. Three weeks. I like to think two to a three month. weeks. We'll two be months. back. You know what? Three months? Two, <laughs> I'll just say tune into our next episode. Ah, yes. That's a good idea. Tune into our next episode. Good. That's it. All right. That sounds <laughs> All fun. right. Thanks, Les, for spending no the time. Panky, as always, a huge thank you for making sure no flaws in that Zoom call with Darren. It exactly. went off without a hitch. A huge, huge thank you right there. Now, if you are interested in sharing this to any of your friends who are into podcasts, you can find us all over the place. Spotify, Apple, Google Play. SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and of course SaskatoonBlades.com and CJWWRadio.com. Correct. Les, thanks again. Not a problem. We will be back when we are back. Good. <laughs> <laughs>